It's Tuesday, and in my hand, I'm holding this little blue car with a bow. It doesn't exist in real life, not just on the internet. We're talking about hatchbacks. This is a hatchback, and if you don't know, a hatchback won Best SUV of the Year. Remember that one time where, where Darren Doan was like, the world is flipping. I do remember oh, that. you only knew. I do oh, remember him saying that knew. very distinctly. Actually, that's a conversation that, you know, sometimes you have a conversation and you remember it a lot. I remember that one a lot. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Hey, we got a lot of things going on. We are wheels up. We're hanging out with the whole entire 800% club. All 800 of Lundy. All 800. Uh, Glenn Lundy has his community of dealers, and uh, they go do crazy things once a quarter. So, like, and they invited you know, us to go do crazy things. They they did. They're going to be flying around in, like, skin-tight jumpsuits this well, afternoon. So, I yeah. <laughs> they may be. We will be live podcasting oh, no. with some of the, the great dealers and industry partners from across the country uh, with our boy, Michael Cirillo. I can't wait to see him later. Oh, we, we get to be guy. in person. If you don't know, he's we just have a, a perfect armrest. He's just a perfect armrest. <laughs> oh, he did not it's unbelievable. We have a podcast called Auto Collabs <laughs> where we got together in Philly and did, like, intros and outros, and then we did some interviews. This is the first time since Sotocon we've all been in the same place. And this is the first time the three of us have ever interviewed someone in person, like all three of us and one interviewee. Boy, if you want to see some fireworks, maybe we'll let the the person we interview get a word in edgewise. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I I plan on laughing a lot. That's all I know. Yes, absolutely. Hey, if you love to, if you love podcasts, you can check out our, I think our last episode of a SodaCon sessions, which were recorded live at a SodaCon so actually. Good. And Ryan Osteen, uh, Ryan Osteen, uh, CEO of Goobagoo is, was hanging out with us. And so, Such yeah, cool guy. go check that out. A SodaCon sessions, but enough about podcasting oh, and content. We got something to talk about, Paul. Oh, we do. We got some, we got something to talk about. What are we talking about? Paul. Paul, for years and years, sometimes we use words, and these words relate to something. I think there's a point. And then sometimes, every once in a while, someone just goes, "Ah, I don't think that word should exist in that way. And that's just how Hyundai feels, because apparently a hatchback can win SUV of the year. Recently, the Ionic 5, uh, Hyundai's... uh, EV vehicle that looks uh, kind of hatchbackish, kind of SUV-ish, uh, has won the SUV of the year. And this story isn't so much about the fact that they are SUV of the year, even though Motor Trend said no matter what class they were in, it would be a vehicle that they would recognize because of its drivability, its accessibility, <laughs> the ease of getting in way. and out, the driving style, all of that type of stuff. But the fact that every motorhead, every person that's ever thought, hey, what's a hatchback? When they get the idea of hatchback in their head, Paul, it kind of looks like an Ionic 5. It does. Throw yeah. that picture I, up one more time. I have time. a little hatchback coming up here. I'm a big look, hatchback. Throw that picture fan. up again. Look, that. Look, look at this thing. There it is. It's kind of, you know. Dude, got there's the little nothing about that there. picture like, that looks like an SUV. It looks like a slightly larger Volkswagen Golf. Oh, man. Which it's is a hatchback. Okay, okay. So, so here we go. We're going to throw a couple quotes. We, I did a little research, read through the Jalopnik article, but Motor Trend said, regardless of how any individual defines the term, there's no denying that our 2023 SUV of the year handily meets the diverse needs of the compact SUV oh, segment it competes in and then some. See, the long story short, 
according to Jalopnik, you and I may think of today's SUVs as practical family haulers, but in the eyes of the NH. TSA, which is the organizing body around what vehicles fall in which classes, uh, their work vehicles first and foremost. So uh, <laughs> I did some research and essentially it's like there's a bunch of things like ground clearance, passenger capacity, rear capacity, including how easy it is to get uh, items in and out of the back uh, the back hatch so like hatch does back. this work as a work slash utility vehicle oh. so sport utility vehicle like does it have that functionality and even hyundai in a call uh with a reporter expects the reasons that they're calling the ionic 5 an suv because of the all-wheel drive capacity large passenger volume 2300 pound towing capacity of which the majority of compact suvs don't even come close to they normally range around 16 to 1800 in towing EV capacity for you there yeah. high seat positioning being the rear uh, the rear seat Good especially grief. kind of sits up I'm, and then the ease of loading the rear cargo area for purposes of utility so they did their I take it back i take it back that sounds like an suv to me <laughs> yeah hey you know what here's 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 the real thing is like if you thought direct to consumer and agency model were concerning, like, <laughs> now you got to figure out what kind of car you're selling. <laughs> I, I'd like to buy an SUV. No, that's a hatchback. No, it's an SUV. No, it's an no, SUV. It's, right. it's, oh, gee whiz. I, I think, well, and I think that this is what's interesting is because like vehicle design and vehicle structure and even the way that vehicles tow is adjusting so much, yeah, right? The towing. And even thing, you see, for real. You, yeah, you see like the way that these vehicles are structured in their capacity, especially in the new EV landscape, you just look at it totally differently. Every single vehicle kind of stands on its own. And even just the design and shape of these vehicles is altogether different than we've ever seen before. Um, well, so I think like, and and this for me as a salesperson, like coming from the sales is, is just, it's really listening to the customer and going like, what do you need a car to actually do? And not just taking the label and putting it on, What's yeah, going to sell I mean, into some segment? Do you, I mean, the, the whole SUV thing is relatively new. It, it was the first right. SUV. Was it the Wagoneer or was it the Bronco? I can't remember. It was one of those. I but mean, it had to be like late 70s or 80s or something. The early, like that, it was right? like the, one of the first Broncos came out. And it, I mean, that thing was huge. Right. But that right. was an SUV. And they're like, well, how? It's not a truck, but you can sit in it in a backseat and a third. Right. And so like the definitions. And then we moved through the era where it was just SUVs. Right. No one's making sedans anymore. But that little like I remember my wife and I rented like I can't remember. It was like the little Cadillac one or whatever at one point. And I sat in that thing. I was like, this is the smallest thing I've ever been in in my life. I felt I like, like I feel like a car would be bigger. I, right? I really <laughs> did feel like that. I really did. And so, yeah, like you said, man, the definitions are always changing of this stuff. But really dialed in to what your consumer is like saying they need not necessarily the category because who the heck knows the category uh i mean it's just it's just up for change thinking of speaking of things that are changing segway time it's a fun one for paul, us. Did, paul real quick paul real quick did you know did you know that that elon is supposed to be finishing buying twitter on friday elon who just kidding. Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I know that Wait, sounds Friday's completely random. Friday's the What's date that? that the Twitter deal is supposed to close? It's supposed to close. And I know that sounds completely random, but Paul, take it away on our next story. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that that's good. That's good. And as a side note, he said he's going to fire 75% of the people that work there. Right. That, we never covered that story, but that, that actually happened. Okay. Well, speaking of Twitter, which may or may not be owned by Elon Musk on Friday, Ford CEO Jim Farley took to Twitter to make a bit of a surprise announcement. Here it is. The F-150 Lightning extended range is even faster than the company originally announced. So he, the that's tweet impressive. read this. Update, colon. The zero to 60 mile an hour speed for the F-150 Lightning with oh, the hashtag F-150 Lightning. Good use of the hashtag in the, well, well done, Jim. Well done. With extended battery range is now under four seconds. Lightning fast, lightning emoji, check a flag. So originally the company said a ballpark of four and a half seconds. Obviously this is a, a half a second might not be a lot to you, but when you're like under under five seconds, zero to 60, so a half moving. second improvement is substantial. Uh, so whether or not for a truck, for a big truck, that's nuts. Big truck. Yeah. I mean, I've been in like a Tesla model three moving quick, but being in something that moves, it's that big, that moves that fast has got to be an experience. Um, we don't know if it's oh, intentional yeah. or not, if they knew this was the case and just didn't, didn't release it, but this just Heading does add yeah. to like that public discourse and the momentum of the good news that's coming around coming out around the Ford F-150 Lightning. People seem happy with it. Here's another thing, by the way, it's faster, gets people all excited. Um, and they're gonna have to stay excited still for a while because with 8,760 units delivered in total as of the beginning of this month, uh, there's no telling when the original 200,000 plus orders will be fulfilled as production continues to ramp up. There's still a couple F-150s parked uh, in Kentucky just waiting for a chip. Yeah, just the regular old gas ones. They got a plenty of them out there. So <laughs> I getting to 200,000 is maybe not going to be as lightning fast as the vehicle actually is because uh, of like things like, you know, show them the image of this Kentucky oh, Motor Speedway. You got Fords on Fords on Fords out there. Not just F-150 Lightnings, probably not even F-150 Lightnings. They're, they're pushing those to the front of the line. But yep. it just begs the question like, there's all this energy around these EVs, especially the Ford, especially the Ford F-150 Lightning. Like, and and so cool to see some of the technology driving things like a under four second truck, um, zero to sixty that's production ready. That's unbelievable. But I guarantee it's going to drive up like interest. It's going to drive up, you know, just people wanting that car. So we're talking about thousand orders. I mean, yeah, Here we're we talking, talking about, about it. About it. So, man, that's that's. I just I'm I'm waiting to see how these manufacturers continue the conversation with so many people that want these cars and are desiring this this change. It's it's going to be a, it's it's a big thing to ask. Speaking sure. of people desiring change. Segway. I don't I don't mean that the, the change <laughs> synthesis from what I mean literal change quarters. And dimes and nickels. Well, not anymore, but in, in a way. Over the past 36 months, tipping at local food establishments has become much more of a norm. New studies examine how people feel about the social pressure that comes with that all infamous when they flip the little screen over. And sometimes it feels like they give you the puppy dog eyes, right? Or maybe they look away because they feel as awkward as I do. They um, you know what happens to me? They just turn away and walk yeah, away. Kind of be like, nonchalant. You know right? when they you flip, flip that thing back, they're like, this guy. Yeah, a couple questions. A couple questions for you to answer. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically yeah. this these new studies are showing 67.7% of Americans feel pressure when a tip is prompted on a screen. Um, you know, and 44.8% they say they only tip. 
because the screen shows up. So meaning like, hey, they, this wasn't something they were planning on tipping, right? They didn't think it was a tippable experience. Yeah. And now they feel pressure to tip. Another survey by Time to Play revealed that 86.8% of consumers feel uncomfortable when prompted. That's the moment we were talking about. Wow. The screen flips. Can't answer that. They walk away. You stand there. Um, about half of people. This is this is an interesting one. So the pandemic has seemed to really change the behaviors. Uh, about 53% of people say they have tipped for takeout currently versus before the pandemic. Only about 24% people say they would uh, tip for takeout. So um, we got a couple, oh, there's one more, well, I think one more really important point, and we'll get to this because you and I are both kind of coffee snobs. Almost twice the amount yeah. of people will leave a tip for a local coffee shop versus a big chain like Starbucks, which isn't surprising. Oh, yeah. So, so oh, tell yeah. me, so that tell me, sense. Kyle, we need to know, and as I was, we need to know what your behaviors are when this happens. And I realized right. when I was going through this story, I don't know how my wife responds to these situations. Oh, my wife hates it. It's the worst. It <laughs> is right. like so. So tell me, break it down. She's just like, if I'm there, she's just like, take Here, care. You of do this because she's you do over this. it. Yeah. But so for me, this is I, I'm I'm a typical tipper. Like I've I've been in the restaurant industry, so I'm I am glad to to lean in and tip. And I think that you know, I, and I know that most of those, and I know a bunch of people that work at coffee shops, and there is especially in the coffee shop world, there is a reliance on the tip for their average income to equal out to what it needs to be based on like their expected it like where the employer kind of says they'll sit in it's it's required to get tips like that's the only way that that works now some of these other places the ones that really throw me off are the ones that like before the new point of sale system i know they didn't have tipping yeah. available yeah. Yeah. and now they've transitioned to like a square or a um, Clover or something like that. And now they're asking for tips. That's the weird one. Cause I'm like, what changed about what you're doing? Um, they realized this that is the one that 67.7% of Americans yeah, will actually press a button. Into, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the one that gets me, and this one is the hard one, especially like when you go into coffee shops is the interesting thing about these tipping mechanisms is they are always balanced on like what the dollar amount is on how they, ask you to tip. Yep. So like basically anything under $10, they prompt a one, two or $3 option. Right. And so you just like select one of those, but over that amount, they start charging because they typically expect that to be like the in place experience. They start charging as a percentage. Well, for me, I'm always like buying bags of coffee and like one other thing Dude, that I so forgot. You're like or, I just spent $40. Like I can't leave it. It's 18%. the same output. Tip. Because they're I just still handing me the one bag coffee. myself. Right, right. Right, exactly. They got to press and, other and yet, amount, and then you're there for a while, which yeah. makes it look like you're overthinking, which increases the pressure. Like, I they're know. really going to study, oh, it's so, it's study like this one. Down. You know, maybe we, should, maybe we should run this tomorrow, and maybe people will research it, but there's also this new thing coming out about how the ask on the, like, keep the change version of yep. uh of giving in the yep. holiday season is extremely stressful for purchasers like do you want to round so, up like or do you want to yep. donate two dollars to cancer research today or do you want to exactly like do you, what i hear is this do you want puppies to die that's what you hear and i'm without like without a uh, doubt uh, yeah. no yep here and that's where people get stressed out right yeah. so i think i you know i think what's interesting about this and and the way that we can tie this down is how like two ways one is like go in understanding that that these are people that are like 
like asking for tips because it's a, a it's a, something that changes the way that their income is structured. So understand that as like community members, but two, also from a retail experience, like every single moment counts in the way that someone perceives you as a purchasing experience. And so don't discount the fact that like, it may just be expected, even though it's getting widely expected, it may not be the right thing for your retail experience. That's the truth, man. That's the truth. I always, I always try to over tip because I like you worked in the restaurant business for a long, there long time. Yep, exactly. So it's for me, it's, it's an easier to press the button. It does create awkwardness sometimes, especially in situations like that. I think that like sometimes too, there's confusion, like where's the money actually going? Right. That person picked my bag up off the uh, shelf and put it there, but it says leave a tip. Am I tipping the whole team, which is a better feeling for me than the person right. at the register? So I don't know, but it is a part of our modern retail matrix now, Kyle. Except our car dealerships. Is. Ain't no tipping going on at car dealerships. No, definitely not. Better not be doing But if you're that. a car dealer Except or a car sales bring person, cakes all the time, you know. That's so. true. Or if you are wearing a dealership shirt, you should be a big tipper. Let me just say, you can show the community you really care just by leaving like an extra dollar or two than everybody else, and they'll all of a sudden understand you're on their side. <laughs>